This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. What I do have are a very particular set of skills. Skills I've acquired over a very long career. Skills that make me a nightmare for people like you. Hi, I'm Rachel Hampton. And I'm Madison Malone-Kircher. You're listening to ICYMI. In case you missed it. Slate's podcast about internet culture. And the girls? They're fighting. Not us. We're good. No. I mean, are we? Wow. Starting off starting off on an interesting foot here. Uh, the girls <laughs> in question are not uh, myself and Rachel. They are TikTok and Facebook. I mean, m- meta. I mean, Facebook. Early this week... The Washington Post reported that Meta has apparently been paying a Republican consulting firm called Targeted Victory to basically spread shit about TikTok. If I was going to start a shady consulting firm, I might (laughs) pick a more generic, the Smith Group, like (laughs) Targeted Victory. The Brown Group. Uh, So according to reporting in The Washington Post this week, Targeted Victory was being paid by Facebook to portray TikTok as, quote, a danger to American children and society. And the way that they were doing this was by spreading, planting local news stories about dangerous challenges and trends that teens were supposedly engaged in on TikTok. It's just hilarious to me that... Facebook is trying to portray somebody else as a danger to American children and society? Like, pot kettle, my guy. Targeted Victory tried to highlight things like the Devious Licks Challenge, which, Rachel, we talked about on the, that on the show, right? Which was teens showing off things that they had stolen, licked, from their schools, mostly from bathrooms. Uh, we talked about it on our show because it was a real thing that was happening mm-hmm. but i think it got overhyped like sort of trumped up to a, a wilder degree you know we would see like devious lick hand sanitizer and then it would be like devious lick full-on toilet mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. yes which i don't think i don't think the children are plumbers maybe they are we love Look, a trade uh, Trades are very important. I hope the children are plumbers. Uh, but there were definitely some fake trends that this firm tried to convince the public was real. So I'm thinking, like, the next thing that came out of the Devious Licks Challenge was Punch a Teacher Day. Yes. Which, I remember this. Because it sounded so fake. <laughs> right. It sounds insane. It was also very literal. It was this idea that there was a TikTok trend going around that was telling kids on such and such day at such and such time... <laughs> You should all punch your teachers. And look, Mm -hmm. violence isn't funny. Like, I did see a lot of TikToks from actual teachers who were like, look, this is what our lives are like. This is frightening for us. But I think in reality, it wasn't the coordinated effort that a local news story covering it Hmm. might have Hmm. might have purported it to be. Yeah. So this meta funded campaign to fear monger about TikTok mostly took shape in the form of local news stories that were actually both planted, coordinated, and read over by 
targeted victory, but without any disclosure that they had been basically um, created by targeted victory. And the thing is, Meta Facebook Mark Zuckerberg himself is correct to be scared. Not necessarily the dangers of TikTok, though. We have spent a lot of time on this show talking about the various ways that TikTok terrifies us. But Facebook terrifies us too. Facebook is clearly scared that their own power is rapidly waning in younger demographics while TikTok's is only growing. And yeah, as I said, they are correct to be scared because TikTok is eating everybody else for breakfast, lunch, and dinner, just absolutely eating the girls up. This maybe isn't the best way to go about it, Facebook. I don't think it worked. The kids, they're all right, and they're still all on TikTok. Speaking of fake stories promoted online, though, it is the beginning of April, a.k.a. the perfect time to remind everybody that most everything on the internet is fake because we all just live through my least favorite internet day, April Fool's Day. If this feels like a variation on the theme, yes, we kind of got into this with the slap and why everyone thought it was fake. It's because everything on the internet is fake. And no day is that clearer than on April Fool's Day, the day the brands get together and sit in a room and look at each other and say, how do you do, fellow kids, with a skateboard and a red hat? (laughs) So we're going to talk about some of the most infamous fakeouts on the internet why people, us included, get so easily hoodwinked, and how this has led us to a place where we start to suspect that nothing online is real. More on that after the break. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And we're back and here to tell you what exactly the brands did this April Fool's Day. (laughs) And they did a lot, as they always do. They did. Uh, Well, Twitter is working on an edit button. Mm -hmm. Exactly what the world needs, the ability to edit tweets. Mm -hmm. Uh, Hellman's is releasing a Butterfinger swirled mayonnaise. Wait, so is there Butterfingers in the mayonnaise? Or does the Butterfingers have mayonnaise 
in them. The former. It's sort of like one of those swirly jars. Did you ever have the uh, the peanut butter and jelly in a single jar? No, my mom didn't let me get that as a Wait, child. mine either. <laughs> okay, I think moms, I don't actually know who's buying them because I don't know anybody's mom who let them have it as a kid. <laughs> have you ever tried it though? No. I bought a jar like when well, I got was my first it? job. It's disgusting. Our mothers oh, were right. Are you fucking kidding? Well, you know what? That you know, maybe my mom made some points. She continues to make some points. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Met proudly announced that um, 130 years after it was painted, they unearthed a uh, exciting piece of artwork underneath Van Gogh's Starry Night. Whoa! I'm assuming that that's not true. <laughs> yeah, you swipe to the second slide and you get Rick rolled. In 2022? I know. We're still know. Rick rolling? Well, uh, Rachel, all of these are bad. We made it through. We made it through. Have have any April Fool's Day internet jokes ever actually brought you joy? I've never actually enjoyed April Fool's Day on the internet or IRL. I'm actually not a real fan of a prank. Um, but I will say that at least once, April Fool's Day has given us something good. I've been in the kitchen. Woo! That's right. In 2016, the year everything kept going downhill, we had this one spot of joy, which was Hamburger Helper giving us a mixtape called Watch the Stove. (laughs) Just the one time a brand has ever in my life... (laughs) Given me something I didn't know I needed. Uh, yes, including uh, classic tracks such as Feed the Streets and In Love with the Glove. Congrats to whoever was in that that room dreaming up yes. this prank. Most importantly, I feel like a lot of April Fool's jokes sometimes try to pander to like black people on the internet. And the thing about Watch the Stove is that you know for a fact that there's a black person in that room. There was a black person in that in that little round table conference room who said, you know what? This is what we're going to do. Don't ask me any goddamn questions. And shout out to you, wherever you are. Yeah, it was actually a uh, a collaborative effort I was reading with um, some college students from a local music school. They like Ugh. reached out to, right, exactly, young Ugh. internet-minded people. I love it. I just, I just, I just love it. It's heartwarming, just really, it gets me going. Gets the girls going, <laughs> not least because got some pretty good beats, not going to lie. Okay, so that's the good. I feel like the flip side, this is all bad, but the question on the the flip side is, have you been taken in by any fake internet content personally? You know the answer to this. You know that I am very trusting. I love love and optimism and hope. I hope I'm the things on the internet. I'm trying to that out of you with every passing episode. <laughs> I just, yes. I mean, the one that I feel the most betrayed by, not least because I wrote about it as something that made me optimistic about the internet, was... Do you remember back in like 2019 when the account at world underscore record underscore egg posted Uh. an image of just an egg from some stock image website with the caption, let's set a world record together and get the most liked posts on Instagram, beating the current world record held by Kylie Jenner, 18 million. We got this. And people just liked it. They just kept liking it. The likes were rolling in. And I just thought, wow, the randomness of the internet. 
for so long, everything has just felt like a marketing ploy trying to sell me something or someone. And here we have what is basically a stock image of an egg trying to beat Kylie Jenner. I loved it. And yeah, um, at this point, the egg has almost 56 million likes. And you might think, wow, I wish the story would end here. Same. I wish the story had ended here because it was not just a heartwarming campaign. It was... It was created by a fucking marketing executive, a British ad executive named Chris Godfrey. Could have ruined that. All of my dreams. Although apparently it was a marketing ploy for a mental health campaign, so like, yeah. But that's that's yeah. where it wound up. Going. Yes. The creators also ended up on the Hulu payroll, making a Super Bowl ad, if I recall correctly. So. Sorry, I'm just here to crush you. Recall correctly. I mean, this was the moment. Not only did I get taken in by this, but I got taken in by this on the public record. There are two articles under my byline. The first one is, the egg is a delightfully random reminder of the old internet. And then the second one is, I got got, (laughs) and I'm mad about it. (laughs) You told yours, so I will... I will tell an, an embarrassing please, story. Please do, so I'm not the only one who looks like Pollyanna. Has egg on her face. <sighs> um, it is funny, though, because my my immediate first thought also for an internet thing that got me does involve me also getting it wrong on the record. So the year is 2016, a, a big year for, for internet pranks. And do you remember there was this meme? It was a viral photo of a dog in a car, and there's a sign in the window that says, please don't break the window. The AC is on. He has water, and he's listening to his favorite music. Oh, it was, yeah. It was a good I'm, meme. Yeah, I remember that. I really liked that because I was like, people do feel like dogs and cars are always in peril, and they're not. Well, I thought I had found the owner of the dog, but um, in time-honored tradition of being an internet culture journalist, I was in fact played by a teenager, (gasps) and uh, (laughs) fool me once, and only once. Oh my god, Madison, you're Jessica Pressler. (laughs) God, I wish. You're basically <laughs> Jessica Pressler. Her villain origin story was getting got by a high school student. And look at you. <laughs> Fantastic. So what that actually did, though, was prime me to believe that everyone on the Internet is lying to me at all times, which is not a terrible way to approach things. But do you remember in June of last year? I actually think you were maybe on vacation, but I did an episode about TikTok missed connections. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you thought they were all fake. Right. So it started with this story of this guy who overheard a group of friends shit-talking another woman mm-hmm. named Marissa, and he found Marissa, and now they're friends, and she runs an organization where thousands of people without friends meet up. It's delightful, whatever. I couldn't believe a word of it. I just, <laughs> I spent so much time on, like, these people's LinkedIn's and their Facebook pages and, like, looking up mutual friends trying to be like, how do they know each other? Where's the connection? <laughs> But it turned out to be real, as did the story of the two women we interviewed who, same deal, found each other via TikTok. I had a really hard time accepting that it was just a sweet and real story. I remember that because I came back and I was just like, Madison, what, how you, how you feeling? And you were just like, it was so nice. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, why do you think, I'll say we. It's mostly me. <laughs> Yeah, but look, we're not, we're none of us immune. May a teen only fool me once on the internet. I'll be lucky. (laughs) But why do you think we get taken in so easily by weird things on the internet that seem too good or too funny to be true? I mean, I think because the beginning of the internet, the early days of social media were too good and too funny to be true. 
it was just full of random weird shit that was shocking or heartwarming. Like, I mean, you got your favorite. Yep, your favorite grape stomp lady. We've got Charlie bit my finger. (laughs) Charlie. Charlie bit me. We've got salad fingers. I like rusty spoons. (laughs) I like to touch them. (laughs) Which... I will never forget, but just existed for no reason. There was no monetization associated with it. And of course, there was my dear beloved Vine. Gone before it's time, RIP, but thankfully mostly free from the kind of infection of viral branding. Yeah, actually, branding is a good point, right? Because we've gotten to this point where going viral isn't just about attention. If it were, Mm -hmm. anytime somebody goes viral on Twitter, you wouldn't immediately see a follow-up tweet that's like, my mm-hmm. boyfriend bought me this lamp shaped like a yep. moon that projects mm-hmm. stars onto the ceiling. Click here to buy. Just fourteen ninety nine. I mean, Twitter follow-ups to viral tweets are the only reason I know about the rose vibrator. And I'm still eternally curious about whether or not this is as good as everybody says it is. The what? Oh, we'll talk. <laughs> but what we're saying here, right, is that going viral has lost any sheen of heartwarming preciousness. And just, I'm guilty of it too, but it's a Crave an attempt at attention from from the top to the bottom. Yeah, I mean, because attention now equals money. There's no way to get around that. People make their livelihoods off of virality. And it's fair to want to make money on the internet, but it does mean that everything now feels like an attempt to (laughs) take my money. (laughs) I think ultimately I am, I like an internet where the immediate response is, I don't believe you. I don't. I don't like it. (laughs) But the thing is, it means that whenever I see something like, you remember, okay, remember back in November, there was this video of a couple fighting on the sidewalk. Do you remember this? Oh, with the fruit, with the fruit. Yes, yes. And behind them, there's a woman in the street with a walker trying to pick up this bag of fruit she just dropped. Cars are just zooming past. There's a cat involved. And then the couple stops fighting to help the woman and just as they do this like street sign falls directly into the spot where they were just standing it's like a perfect oscar award-winning story about like (laughs) helping others rather than being (laughs) selfish or getting caught up in yourself and it was fake it wasn't real and the fact that it was (sighs) i was so upset (laughs) the detail that i also think is important i saw this on twitter and it was very, very grainy. It looked yes. like CCTV. It looked like someone had miraculously happened to have a security camera running that captured this interaction. Except that's not what the footage actually looked like. It came from a Facebook page of an Egyptian magician. Say that three times fast. But if you watched it on Facebook, the video quality was great. You know, 4K, totally clear. Like, no one for a minute would have thought that this wasn't mm-hmm. staged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, the grainy footage does always, it tricks something in my brain because nobody's phone records at that low quality anymore. I'm like, oh, this has to be real. (laughs) This reminds me, it was more recent than the the Fruit Street Cat drama video, but I think in like January of this year, there was this Pennsylvania ski resort that similarly went viral. They posted a video. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was like a, a woman giving the like, here are the conditions of the day. We have... 10 inches of base coverage and like four lifts are open and blah, blah, fresh powder. But behind her is somebody in full ski gear, like clutching a railing, trying to walk downstairs and just absolutely eating it. (laughs) It's very funny, especially if you've ever tried to walk in ski boots, you know. 
So it turns out that this thing is fake. This is a marketing stunt for this particular Pennsylvania mountain, which I've forgotten the name of. But I did for a minute know the name of it. And that is to say it worked. I just, I want things to be real, Madison. I want I want that lady to really be struggling to go down a set of stairs in the middle of this marketing campaign. Well, I mean, Rachel, rest assured that somewhere in the world is a person in ski boots falling down the stairs, so you can at least have that. <laughs> but we cannot let these online punks take us for a ride. <laughs> Not punks. What are you, a grandma sitting on your fucking porch just like, I won't let these kids take me for a ride. I'm a 30-year-old internet grandma, rapidly aging by the day. And grandma suspicious over here. I have been trained to just question anything that comes across my timeline. And that, I think, is a good thing. But uh, the wariness, perhaps, the idea that I know better and should do my own research. Mm-hmm. It's not without its flaws. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. not a perfect grandma. After the break, we will be back to talk about how easily our viral suspicions can lead us down some dark, twisting paths of conjecture where fake virality and the true commification of the internet meet and not for the better. In 2007, TV network CBS dropped 40 kids in the middle of the New Mexico desert as part of a brand new reality show. These kids would have to build their own society from scratch. And if this sounds like Lord of the Flies to you, well, it was meant to. We were on this mission together. and We were going to prove to the world that we could make a better society than adults could. I'm Josh Gwynn, and I want to know what this wild TV experiment was really about. Split Screen, Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC. Available now. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. Hi there. Just wanted to take a quick moment to shout out anybody who is joining us for the first time. Hello, new listeners. We are so glad that you are here, that you have found our show, which is very real and not fake, uh, despite everything we're talking about on today's episode. In case you missed it, our show comes out twice a week, Wednesdays and Saturdays, so be sure to check out our Wednesday episodes, too. Uh, last Wednesday, we discussed the Oscars slap heard around the world. What else? It's a good one. You don't want to miss it. Alrighty, we are back. 
And I think we've well established that almost everything on the internet is fake at this point, or at least a thinly veiled ploy to go viral. What I was saying before the break, though, this idea that we are skeptical online is a healthy thing, at least in moderation. It also does reflect (laughs) in a way that makes people online smell a conspiracy even when there isn't one. If this sounds familiar to you, we've covered this multiple times (laughs) in depth. I'm just going to name a few right now. There's Couch Guy. Deep in my womb lands. Deep, deep, deep in my womb lands. West Elm Caleb. Womb lands slash modern warrior. (laughs) We can go on and on and on about the ways in which our perhaps healthy suspicion of things on the internet very easily crosses over into conspiracy theories. And this generates really toxic spaces for creators who are actually genuinely just doing weird or interesting things that no one believes are real. Um, there's this TikToker whose videos I've been watching like crazy lately. Her name is at Anna Golka Yepes. And mm-hmm. I will admit what hooked me in the beginning was I absolutely could not believe that these videos were real because she dresses in just the most colorful and wild combinations of garments I have ever seen. Okay, the thing about this dress is like, I don't like covering the collar with like a big jacket because well, the collar's cute. When you put a jacket on over it, it's kind of uncomfortable because like you're shoving all this fabric inside the jacket. So I wanted to wear like a cardigan so I could put the collar over it. Okay, I love the leopard added into all the prints. Some would say that's enough prints. I say it's not, so I have an idea for pants. Okay, I've added my snakeskin pants. Um, she was obviously I'm, describing her clothes. I'll describe them a little further. Good luck is all I have to say, Madison. <laughs> She's wearing like snakeskin patterned pants under a multiple plaid patterned prairie dress with a big square collar. She's got a like leopard print turtleneck underneath that and then like an open green trench coat hot pink sneakers there were so many patterns my eyes didn't know what to focus on i have come to love anna's content but not everyone who watches her videos comes to the conclusion that i've reached this place of like i love to watch someone experience joy and instead her comments are just full of angry people who are convinced like beyond a shadow of a doubt that this is a bit that this absolutely has to be for clout, for clicks, couldn't possibly be real. This feels like, I mean, I'm not going to say it's not a a terrible story, because, like, why would you bully this very nice woman who just loves a a nice pattern with another nice pattern? But this reminded me... Another nice pattern. mm -hmm, Keep going. This reminds me of a far grimmer instance uh, Mm. back in December. So there's this trans TikToker named Sabrina Prater who basically endured this onslaught of transphobic attacks on TikTok after literally just posting, like, goofy dancing videos. Like, the thing that everyone does on this motherfucking clock app. They basically began bullying her, comparing her to the Silence of the Lambs serial killer Buffalo Bill and claiming she had victims in her home. And there was no, obviously, no evidence of this. Why would you, if you were a serial killer, why would you put it on TikTok? But there was no evidence of this. The TikTok conspiracy machine, obviously, as we've asserted previously, doesn't actually need any proof. They just go on vibes. And the serial killer conspiracy spread so fast that hashtags about her, about Sabrina, were getting more than 10 million views on them across the platform. She started getting doxxed with people who lived near her posting videos and her personal information online. And it was 
honestly terrifying watching how quickly a bunch of random people on the internet rose up against this harmless woman who was, I must say, very much not a serial killer. But it's something we see over and over again in these spaces where someone decides something's off, post it in the comments where they're just like, am I the only one who saw this? Like, how are y'all not focusing on this thing? And then that just spirals into this hurricane of harassment. I mean, maybe it's a good thing that every TikTok comment section right now is overrun with crop story time and recipes for brownies then. Honestly, I do love the TikTok comments, but sometimes I'm just like, y'all need to go outside and touch grass because this is goddamn wild. Stop microanalyzing every fucking video. It's like people basically open the app and they're already wearing a tinfoil hat. They don't even need anything to wear the tinfoil hat over. It's just on. It's permanently on. They got a hair indent from the goddamn tinfoil hat. (laughs) I think where we've landed and what we talk about a lot here, maybe in not specific terms, is we are talking about digital literacy, which is a skill that has to evolve with us. Like even you and I have given examples of, you know, being fairly online people who are fairly smart about this stuff. And, you know, we've been fooled by things. We have rewired our brains to try to not be fooled by things. And the things keep getting more pernicious. And it is hard, I think, to navigate being just skeptical enough that you're not pulled in by obvious fakery, but also being willing to believe and understand that not everyone on the internet is a goddamn liar. Yeah, it's basically not losing your humanity and attempting not to get scammed in that a lot of people on the internet are trying to sell you something, but most of the time there's just another person on the other side of that screen just trying to live their goddamn life. A little more compassion, a little more generosity, with the exception of if you are a teen trying to lie to me, I will. I have a very particular set of skills. All right, that's the show. We'll be back in your feed next Wednesday. Please subscribe, I asked nicely, uh, to make sure that you never miss an episode. Also, pretty please, leave us a rating and review in Apple Podcasts or Spotify and uh, tell your friends about us. You can follow us on Twitter. We are at ICYMI underscore pod. We love it when you DM us your questions. Uh, And of course, there's always email. uh, ICYMI at Slate.com. ICYMI is produced by Daniel Schrader. We're edited by Forrest Wickman, Allegra Frank, and Alicia Montgomery is executive producer of Slate Podcast. See you online or falling down the stairs at a ski resort. Not a perfect grandma. Wow. A lot of Rachel singing on the show today. Nothing for me. April Fool's Day, baby. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recess lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.